overflowing fountain. Whoever gets even a tiny spray from the flowing waters feels rejuvenated and refreshed. In meditation, we learn to transcend physical body consciousness. We sit quietly with closed eyes and focus our attention in the field of darkness lying in front of us. To keep our minds still, the spiritual masters teach us to repeat the five charged words given at initiation. Our purpose is to experience the divine light and sound within. Through absorption in the light and sound, we experience ourselves as soul or spirit. Coming in the company of one who is overflowing with God's love can give us a taste of that love and provide in an instant the blessings one receives from spending time in meditation. In meditation, we are trying to contact the source of love within us. Some of us may achieve that instantaneously, but others have to work hard at stilling the mind and leading out distracting thoughts. Thus, they may sit for hours and still not attain the fruits of their efforts. When we are in the presence of the spiritual master, what happens? In that presence, spirituality is beaming out to us. One glance from the beloved of spring can produce a state of mental stillness in us within a second that may normally take the mind many hours to reach in meditation. He has the magnetizing power of love that uplifts us like iron filings to a magnet. We do not have to work at it. We do not have to strain, and we do not have to struggle to fill our mind. The power of love radiating from the saint attracts our soul and raises it to the point at which we can connect with the power of God within us. Sorry, I think I might have been on mute. I apologize. The next we have a video segment, which is from a talk given by Sant Rajinder Singhji Maharaj called Bridge of Love. Here he explains how the spiritual master is like a bridge of love connecting our soul with God. And Michael will be playing the video and he will give a 3 to 1 countdown for us to synchronize. Thank you. Really, really loved. 
And so as the son became a young man, and uh, as customary, he's going to be ready to be married. So the married days comes, and the son is hoping that his father would give him that palace that he loves as a present, as a wedding present. So the son is really excited to get married and get this palace. So the marriage happens, and after the marriage, the king calls the son in his chambers. He says, son, I have a gift for you. And the son is expecting that the gift would be this wonderful palace. And so the king uh, opens the drawer and takes out uh, a book. And says, son, uh, this is my present to you, and I think this will be very helpful to you in your life. It's a book of scriptures. The son looks at the book and his head is thinking, why, my father has so many palaces, he's going to only give me one little book. He gets very dismayed and says, you know, my dad, I mean, he loved me so much. How can he do this to me? And he gets very angry and he throws a book there and he's, you know, kids can go into tantrum trams and all of a sudden he tells his wife, let's just leave and they leave. And he's getting upset and more upset and decides to leave the kingdom. So he goes, he goes to another kingdom. He gets settled down there. Every time he has his children. And his children are brought up uh, and they get to be a few years old. They start to ask about their grandparents. And so this prince is thinking to himself, you know, what can I tell them about the grandparents? And finally, you know, as the kids are growing, they ask more and more questions. And so the prince decides, okay, let me go back and have them meet the granddad. And so as he's uh, preparing to go back, he gets a message that the king had passed away. And the message is that you are the only heir, so you better come back and take care of the kingdom because everything is yours. The king left. Left you as the heir. So everything that the king owns is now yours. So he goes back to the kingdom. And as he's going back there, I mean, the, the ministers there tell him uh, that before the king passed away, he left this book for you. And so they gave him the book. It's the same book that uh, the king had uh, given to him on his uh, wedding day. So he recognizes the book, and he opens the book. And on the first page, uh, there was an inscription from the king. He says, uh, my son, I love you very much. And so on your wedding day, I want to give you two gifts. One is this book of scriptures, which will help you to stay on the right track in your life. And the second is the beautiful palace that you love, and I give it to you. So it's like uh, when the gifts come in the package uh, that we're not looking for, then we get devastated. Little do we realize that those who love us, they do everything that uh, they think is right for us. And many times in life, we feel, as a child, we generally feel that our parents are, oh boy, they're so strict, they don't know what they're doing, they're all the old times. And, you know, they're never, like, taking care of us. They're always putting rules, and they're so straight. And, 
you don't realize that they love us and they've seen things in their life and so they're trying to do those things for life which are helpful to us. As a parent, we think, what kind of children do we get? I mean, the children of these other people are very good and how come our children are so bad? They're always creating racket and never starting well, they're not doing good jobs. I mean, they're not articulate enough, they're not respectful enough. Most parents feel that. As, as uh, a married couple, you know, everyone feels that the other spouse is trying to get the better of them. And they, the feeling is, why is this happening? And as brothers and sisters, as, you know, all these beliefs of that the other people are not doing the right thing for us, and they're always uh, looking after themselves and not and taking care of us. But those who truly love someone, they are always looking at the best for us. And that's what we find in a master and disciple relationship. The purpose of a saint or a mystic is to have us experience God. And they're like a bridge of love which connects our soul, which is a drop of the ocean of love, with God, which is the ocean of love. Our drop has just been separated and so it's this the master becomes that bridge which can take this drop and have it merge back in God so we can experience the love of the Lord. We on our own are unable to rise above physical body consciousness to get into a state of spiritual consciousness. God is an ocean of all consciousness. We only are living at the level of a physical consciousness. And so the saint or the mystic and the master becomes a conduit through which we can experience that love of God. And so irrespective of what has happened in our life, irrespective of how we behave, you know, parent always loves their child, irrespective of what the child does, whether the child um, is quote-unquote good, are quote-unquote bad. For a parent, uh, the child is always loved. Whether the child has done things which are proper or which are improper, but the love of the parent is always there for the child, irrespective of whatever uh, the child does. And so similarly, the love of the Lord is there for each and every one of us. In a continuation from our first reading, The Inner Fountain of Youth, Santrajinder Singhji Maharaj expands our understanding of the goal of meditation. The spiritual master is the key to making our connection with the divine. And Suresh will do this reading. Thank you, Radhika. Continuing on from the first reading. The goal of meditation is to rise to spiritual realms within. We focus our attention at the seat of the soul, the point from where our soul can transcend the awareness of the body and travel into the inner regions. That point is located between and behind the two eyebrows, known as a third or single eye. Through meditation and stilling the mind, 
we gradually withdraw our attention to that point. Once at that point, the spiritual master puts us in touch with the current of light and sound within. That current flows back to its source, God. By focusing our attention into the light and sound, we merge with it and travel on it back to God. That is why this form of meditation is called Surat Shabd Yoga. Surat is attention, Shabd is a light and sound, and Yoga means union of the two. Through uniting the attention with the light and sound, we can travel on it back to our source. At the time of initiation, the spiritual master acts as a catalyst to make this connection for us within. Any struggles to keep the attention focused is due to the distractions of the mind. Although the connection has been made, the mind prevents us from successfully keeping the plug in the wall socket. Yet, when we come into the presence of a saint and are receptive, the mind instantly becomes calm and stilled. Since the mind becomes still, the soul currents may automatically withdraw from the body without any effort. Thus, the struggle in our meditations becomes the blossoming that bears the fruits of inner spiritual experiences. We find at times that people sitting in a substance have spiritual experiences instantly. Many others find that after being in the company of a saint, when they sit for meditation, they feel more concentrated and focused. There are times when we are with a saint, when we are with a saint, we start withdrawing to the eye focus so much that our vocal cords can barely work and we find ourselves speechless. The beauty of the path of science and spirituality is that once the connection with the divine is made within, then wherever we might be, whatever part of the world we might live, we can still connect with the radiant or ethereal form of the spiritual master, even though his body may be thousands of miles away. Coming into the presence of the spiritual master can take place physically, but it can also take place in meditation in which we come into the presence of the radiant form of the spiritual master. That form serves as a spiritual guide on an inner journey. That form is sitting at the seat of the soul of those who receive initiation into the light and sound of God. Thus, we can meditate anywhere. Then, as we invert and connect with the radiant form within, our soul is further uplifted to greater and greater spiritual heights. This leads the soul to the ultimate state of merger of the soul with God. This gift is available to each of us through a life of meditation, of learning to control our negative qualities and coming in contact with one who is radiating the love of God, we can experience eternal springtime. We can be filled with joy and energy at every moment. Thank you. Thank you, Suresh. The grace of the spiritual masters in this reading, Sant Rajinder Singhji Maharaj talks about the important role humility plays 
in our spiritual growth. He says that when we are humble, we are willing to go to a teacher and listen to his words. The guidance we receive is that extra push of grace we need to propel us on our spiritual journey. And Mary will do this reading. Thank you, Radhika. Saints and spiritual masters come to this world to help us conquer death. It is true that every physical body born into this world has to die. However, our real self is not the physical body. We are the soul that inhabits the body. When we stop identifying with our body and instead identify with our soul, we can realize our immortality. At the level of soul, we are eternal and all-conscious. We are made of the light and love that is God. We are a part of God and have God's eternal nature. To realize this, we need an extra push of grace from the living spiritual master. At the time of initiation, the spiritual master puts us in touch with the light and sound of God, the holy nam, or word, within us. We can then soar on the stream of light and sound through the higher realms until we reunite with God. On our own, we cannot reach these spiritual realms. We need the extra push of grace from the spiritual master to transcend this physical world and rise into spiritual realms within. We need the grace of God to give us that extra push. The saints and spiritual masters provide us that boost in the form of contact with the light and sound as they take us on the path of love. The trouble is that to ask for that help from the spiritual master requires humility. Most people would rather go to their grave than give up their ego in order to be humble enough to get help from anyone. We insist in being the doers. It is similar to the condition of people who while driving become lost and refuse to ask for more directions. They would rather drive in circles for hours than to admit that they need help. Similarly, rather than ask for help to solve the mystery of life and death, we prefer to go in circles, trying one thing after another on our own, but with no results. Thus, we march slowly to our end without ever solving the mystery of life and death. Instead of going with ego, to a spiritual teacher, we can go as an empty cup. This is a type of attitude in which we are open to learning something new. We realize that on our own we have not yet met God. We may have tried many ways to meet God, but to no avail. We decide to search for someone who can help us. We finally meet someone who explains that there is a way to find God. We make a decision that we want to learn and will take the steps laid out to attain the goal. It is only when this attitude, excuse me, with this attitude, that the spiritual teacher can pour in new knowledge to help us meet our goals. A spiritual teacher teaches a method for connecting us with God within. On the path of science of spirituality, 
the spiritual teacher, referred to as a spiritual master, has a method by which we can meditate to go within and find God. The spiritual master puts us in touch with the light and sound of God, which is a current that leads us from consciousness of the world to consciousness of the spiritual realms within. This journey leads us from one inner region to another until we reach the highest realm where our soul merges back to God. The process involves a meditation practice that has a specific set of instructions. If we follow those instructions, we will get results. If we come with our own ego and feel that we know better and try to alter the method to suit ourselves, how can we get results? It is like going to a cooking class to learn how to make a certain dish. The dish requires certain ingredients in certain measurements, and in a set of steps for combining them. Then it has to cook for a certain length of time. If we go to the cooking teacher and feel we know more, and start saying, I am going to leave out this ingredient, or I will use different measurements, or I will cook it for a different length of time because that is what I feel like doing, we may cook a dish, but it will not be the same one we started out making. Others who expect us to serve them the dish, as taught by the cooking teacher, will find this dish lacking in something. They will see that we have not prepared the dish properly. Similarly, in meditation, we cannot take away any parts of the process and expect results. Also, we cannot add in other practices and mix them up with the one explained by the spiritual master and expect to succeed. We cannot change any part of the meditation method and get the desired outcome. The results happen if we follow the steps properly. We will only do that when we come like an empty cup, when we are ready to learn. That is when the teacher will open up the knowledge to us. When we come filled up with ourselves, how can we even hear the steps being laid out for us? We are so busy thinking our own thoughts that we have no room to hear anything else. If we feel we do not want to proceed on our own on our journey back to God and feel we are capable of getting the results by ourselves, then we should try on our own. However, if after trying on our own volition to pedal back to God and finding we are not making any headway, then we decide to go to a teacher, we should go in humility to receive help in the form of the extra push of grace. In this way, we can gain something towards making progress on the way back to God. The spiritual masters want to share their grace to help us solve the mystery of life and death. Let us be open to receive the help. We will then learn that all these gadgets, inventions, and innovations that we thought we created are really gifts of the Lord that came to us as divine inspiration. We will then be able to realize who is the real doer and real creator and offer our gratitude to the divine. We will realize 
that if we wish to conquer the final frontier and achieve immortality, we need the extra push. That push will free us from the limitations of this physical world and carry us into the beyond where we can achieve immortality of the soul. Our job is to sit in meditation daily, regularly, and accurately. The spiritual masters will then give us that loving push so we can soar back to God. Thank you. Thank you, Mary. The following video segment is from a talk given by Sant Rajinder Singhji Maharaj called Grace in Bloom. Here he explains who is the true spiritual master. And Michael will give the countdown once again. Three, two, If there's no master, there's no light. If there's no master, there's no enlightenment. If there's no master, uh, there's no uh, getting of knowing God. So that's the basis of the teachings. And this is why so much emphasis is placed on trying to understand what the master power is. What is it that ignites us? And how does it do it? And what happens to us? And what kind of experiences do we have when we are in the presence of the Master? What experiences do we have when we remember the Master? What experiences do we have when we, uh, you know, sit in silence and all of a sudden are experiencing reality, are experiencing consciousness, spiritual consciousness, which we've never experienced before. And so those experiences are experiences of spirituality, those experiences of the Divine. And those all come into your life because of the grace of the mass power. And so, saints who, who had a poetic bend, and there were a few saints who written poetry. Uh, if we look back at history in, in each one of our traditions, we find some saints who did write poetry. They have verses which are out there, you know, Kabisa and many, many of the others. And, and what's very interesting is when we read their poetry, it all focuses on God and the Guru or the Master who helps us know God. To, to that extent that one of the saints in the Sikh tradition, he wrote that if God is standing next to me and the Master is standing next to God, then who am I going to touch the feet first or pay my obeisance to first? Everyone realizes that God the Creator is the granddaddy of all. He's the one who started the creation, he's the one who brought everything in. So nothing happens if it's not in God's will. So this this interesting question, uh, the saint poses, he says, if God is standing there and my master is standing there. Who am I going to pay obeisance to first? Common sense is God. God is the one who created everything. He's the one who created the master. But the saint answers. He say, I will first pay obeisance to the master. And then he gives the reason why. He says, because if the master was not there, I would never know God. 
So the master power is the source through which we know the truth. The master power is the source from which we know God. The master power is the conduit through which we can go and connect with God. And, and so the importance of the master in the spiritual life, in the spiritual arena, and, and us being able to know the truth is, is at the heart of the teachings of the saints. That's the cornerstone on which the whole teachings is based. That on our own, we are unable to reach those heights. If we were able to know God on our own, we would never be cycling on the wheel of transmigration. We would have known God by now. So we need some help. And help and guidance comes to us from the Master Power. So what is the Master? Is it the body? Definitely not. What we see is the physical frame because all we see is with our physical eyes. What we hear is the voice coming out of that body. All we hear is with these outer ears. But the true master is not that body. The true master is the power of God which is working through that body. It makes that body then be like a mouthpiece of the Lord. And, and this is why so much emphasis is placed by the saints of not going for rituals. You know, we have the rituals of touching the feet of someone elderly in the East. Uh, we have the rituals of getting the blessing on our head. And, and, and the saints said, these are all rituals which are at the physical level. What we need is, is spiritual enlightenment. And this is why when we go to satsangs, we've always been asked to not touch the feet of the Master, but to look in the eyes of the Master. So those are the sources from where the Divine Nectar is coming. Some Darshan Siddhi Maharaj would talk about the eyes of his Master, Azul Baba Maharaj. And he would say those were pools of Divine Nectar. Because those are the sources from which the spiritual energy is coming into our being. Sankhipasandhi Maharaj often talked about like one-third of spirituality comes through the word of mouth, but two-thirds of spirituality comes from the eyes of the Master. And so when we come to satsang, we are asked to be concentrated. We are asked to be focused. We are asked to keep our attention on the Master and we are asked to look in the eyes of the Master. And be attentive so that two-thirds of spirituality which is coming in our direction can be partaken by us. And one-third which is coming by the word of mouth can be heard by us so we are attentive. So it sinks into us. So that it's not that it comes into this and gets out of this. It just sinks in. And that's where being focused and being attentive and not thinking about anything else is what is talked about in the satsangs. When we are in that presence, in that moment, it is very priceless. I mean, it is priceless. Like, the chances are very, very rare in our life. How many times do we have a chance to be in the physical presence of a perfect master? I go to some satsangs, and we get darshan and master, that's about it. And if you look at the tens, maybe what, 20, 30, 40, 50, not more than 100. I mean, they're very few lucky souls who maybe might have more than 100 chances in their lifetime. 
Some might only have one. And then, uh, so, so that opportunity is, is priceless. And we don't want to lose that opportunity. We want to make the best use of that opportunity. And then, when we read the ratings of Sandarshan Sindhi Maharaj, he, he brings that out very loud and clear as to the gains that we get when we are in that physical presence. So that moment of being in the physical presence of the Master is, is a moment uh, that can change our life entirely. It's what nourishes our soul, it what makes us uh, gain the spiritual life. It's what has us experience uh, the spiritual consciousness that we truly are. And it's us to our true home. In our final reading, we learn how we can reap spiritual benefits by downloading God into our lives. Santrajinder Singhji Maharaj states, Meditation is the process of downloading God. And Jay will do this reading. Thank you, Radhika. <coughs> the master-disciple-spiritual relationship is based on first-hand experience. When we first come to a spiritual master, we see all goodness, sweetness, kindness, and affection. Through continued contact, we also see that everything taught is proved by our own experiences on the spiritual path. At initiation, the spiritual master gives us a capital with which to start in the excuse me, which to start in the form of inner proof that there is something beyond this physical world. That initial capital is contact with the inner light of sound. With daily meditation, that inner experience increases, and we find that the theoretical aspect of the spiritual teachings is proven by first-hand practical experience. This motivates us to continue the practice to perfect the meditation so we can rise beyond this physical realm to experience spiritual realms. With each added experience, we realize more and more that what the Master is saying is borne out by inner proof. That is why spiritual masters say not to believe what they say until one sees and proves it to oneself. Meditation is the experimental process by which we can prove that the inner experiences of light and sound the inner spiritual realms, the soul, and God are verifiable. Little by little, we find out that the spiritual master is our best friend, teacher, and guide. They want only the best for us. They take care of us in all spheres of life. While others in life may cause us pain, they heal all sufferings and pains. We begin to realize that the spiritual master is our true benefactor, and we develop trust and faith in him. Once this trust and faith is established, we gain confidence in what the master teaches. Thus, 
we start engaging in the spiritual practices more closely. We know that whatever guidance is given will surely help us because we are proving what is being taught by first-hand experience through meditation. Meditation with the attitude that we are an empty cup is the highest state of prayer. It means that we do not even ask for anything. Let's just wait lovingly and devotingly for whatever God wants to give us. It is a prayer in which we know that God will give us what is best for us. Receptivity is downloading software from God instead of from programs of this world. The soul is not interested in downloading the world with its enjoyments and entertainments. It wants to download the divine and its bliss, love, and ecstasy. If we identify with our true self, the soul, the computer operator of our body and brain, we too will find that downloading this world does not fulfill us. The soul is only nourished by the love and light of the divine. To be truly fulfilled, we need to download God. How can we do that? Meditation is the process of downloading God. When we meditate, our soul comes in contact with the vibrating principle of God, the current of light and sound. The point of connection is at the third or single eye between and behind the two eyebrows. When we put our attention there, we begin the download process in which we connect with the light and sound of God. When that is complete, we are then connected to the entire network of God. We merge into the light and sound and can travel on the current through all the realms of creation, transcending realms of matter to inner realms of spirit. The ultimate end of the journey is merging back into God, an infinite ocean of consciousness and love. When we download God into our system, we are actually merging our real nature back into our source. We then tap into eternal wisdom, immortality, bliss, happiness, peace, and divine love. We transcend this world of pain and suffering to enter a realm with no death, no pain, and no suffering. We experience an ecstasy in love unknown to us in this physical world. To download God, we need to keep our minds still. The spiritual master is a master programmer who can make the connection between us and the light and sound. Initiation is like a computer expert connecting our computer to the programs we need. The spiritual master can help us download God by teaching us the meditation technique on the inner light and sound. That is why spiritual masters at initiation give five words to repeat that are spiritually charged by their intention. The meditation practice called Simran or silent repetition of these words 
has a special function. Repetition of these words jumpstarts our attention to withdraw from the operating system of the body and mind, to rise to a point where we can download the current of light and sound. The light and sound current connects us to the source of all love, wisdom, and bliss. When we are paying attention to our thoughts during meditation, we are downloading the world. When we are not thinking, but keeping our minds still, we are able to download God. The repetition of the words spiritually charged by a spiritual master keeps our mind from intervening. Then we can be open and receptive to receive the light and sound within us. When we meditate and are distracted by thoughts, we can stop our thoughts in their tracks and ask, do I want to download worldly thoughts or do I want to meditate? This simple reminder can get us back on track to repeating Simran and focusing our attention within. Receptivity, being like an empty cup or being like a computer that downloads God, opens us up to receive the eternal treasures of God and help us swim in the ocean of unspeakable light, music, love, peace, joy, and bliss. Thank you, Jay. So let us meditate. These are the instructions as given by Sant Rajinder Singh Ji Maharaj. Meditation is a process whereby we withdraw our attention from the outer world and concentrate it at the seat of the soul. Through this method of concentration, we can transcend physical consciousness, experience ourselves as soul, and explore higher spiritual regions. To practice meditation, we sit in any pose that we find most comfortable in which we can sit for a long time without moving. We should sit with enough distance between us so that no part of our body touches anyone as this would disturb our concentration. We should close our eyes gently and look straight ahead, focusing our attention into the middle of the darkness lying in front of us. That which sees the darkness is not our physical eyes but is the third or single eye located between and behind the eyebrows. Continue to gaze into the middle of whatever lies in front of you. Those of you who are initiated should mentally repeat the five charge names given to you at the time of initiation. Repeat those names slowly with the tongue of thought. For those of you who are new here, please repeat any name of God with which you feel comfortable. Mentally repeat the name slowly while gazing in front of you. This repetition will keep the mind occupied and prevent it from wandering. When light or inner vistas appear, continue focusing your attention into the middle of what you see and continue repeating the names of God. We hope you enjoy this meditation sitting. It will be for 10 minutes. announcement about 
tomorrow's program. Master's uh, uh, broadcast will be telecast live tomorrow on Saturday, May 30th, uh, commemorating Master Prashan's uh, Bursi ceremonies. Um, that will be starting at 9.45 Eastern time tomorrow, uh, followed by satsang um, at around 10.30. So please join us for that. The topic for our next week satsang is qualities of the soul. So let us close with these words from the poem by Sant Kabir, which digests today's entire theme into a few beautiful lines. How can the love between thee and me sever as the leaf of the lotus abides in the water, so dost thou in thy servant. As the night bird Chakor gazes at the moon all the night over, so do I, my Lord, thy servant. From the beginning of time until the ending of time, there is love between thee and me. How can such love <clears throat> be extinguished? Kabir therefore says, as the river plunges into the ocean, so doth my heart in thee. Thank you, Master, and thank you all once again for coming to Satsang. Happy meditation.